You're listening to the Talking Rheumatology Research Podcast, brought to you by the British Society for Rheumatology. Hello, my name is Chris Winkup. I'm a Clinical Research Fellow at the Department of Rheumatology at University College London. And today I'm joined by Dr. Lucy Carter, who is a Clinical Research Fellow at the Department of Rheumatology at Leeds University, working within Ed Vital's group. Today she's describing uh, findings from her recent paper entitled Easy Bilag, a new tool for simplified recording of SLE disease activity using Bilag 2004 index. This is a really important paper and I'm sure anyone that measures lupus disease activity in clinical practice will find this an incredibly useful episode and I would point you towards this paper to see how the Bilag has been changed for more easy recording in routine clinical use. I'm sure you'll find this week's episode fascinating. So thank you very much for for taking the time to speak with me today, Lucy. Um, uh, So this is to discuss your project on the easy bilag. Uh, So the first question really is, how did this project come about? What was it that you noticed um, that was a a need for you to develop this easy bilag? Hi, Chris. Thanks very much for having me on. Um, Yeah, the Easy Biolag project came about, I think, through a general recognition amongst a lot of lupus clinicians that uh, Biolag 2004 index is is a really comprehensive instrument, but it's not well adapted for uh, routine practice. And its features can be somewhat intimidating to people who are not very embedded in the lupus assessment, and um, it could be made more accessible. So um, Ed Vital had been already been conceptualizing new ways of formatting the instrument to make it a little bit more user friendly. And going on from there, we revised and developed these prototypes to try and address the issues. So I think anybody who's maybe not that familiar with Biolag 2004 index, um, it is a uh, 97 feature lupus disease activity instrument. It divides lupus features into nine organ domains, MSK, mucocutaneous, renal, and so on. And you assign a uh, disease activity score to each domain from A, being highly active, down to E, not involved, never previously involved. And you do that based on, uh, firstly, a case report form where you record your assessment. Um, then secondly, consult a glossary just to check that the features you're scoring are actually meeting the definition that Bilag 2004 requires. And then finally, and perhaps the most challenging part, is to consult the scoring algorithms so that you can derive that final organ domain score from the features that you've allocated. And each of the different organ domains actually has a different scoring algorithm. So you've got various documents that you need to consult to do it uh, thoroughly and and accurately, and it can be time consuming and you've got to source that extra material to consult. Realistically, most people can't do that in a clinic setting. And and just the volume of material to get familiar with actually can be quite intimidating. So we thought, how can we bring some of those features together? And the process we set about was, let's make it meet the needs of most consultations. So most features are pretty rare, actually, and you don't have to wade through all of those to to score the things you're interested in. So we use the Bilag VR 
registry to look at that, look at the frequency with which people need to score mm. these items. And overwhelmingly, mucocutaneous and musculoskeletal disease features are, are high up there. And there's a whole load of ophthalmic or gastrointestinal manifestations, which are hardly scored at all. So we can reposition things to try and just match what the consultation looks like. And then secondly, trying to format things so that your glossary is partly there. You can just follow some cues to say, yes, this is a severe skin eruption rather than a mild one. And then finally, we introduce some colour coding to try and uh, unify those scoring algorithms so that you can pretty much instantaneously get from the features you've scored right through to the organ domain score overall without having to go back to a separate glossary mm. or a separate scoring algorithm. Um, and that was the strategy. It took a little bit of work trying to bring that together in a few drafts, but um, Easy Biolag is what we finalised in the end. Great. So I think one of the one of the um, really kind of the, the the main selling points of the Biolag in its original form is is kind of its comprehension. Um, uh, as you mentioned, it's got lots and lots of items. It takes lots and lots of time. So um, were there areas that you that you took away you mentioned that you don't see much of the gastrointestinal or ophthalmic complications were there sections that you you actually removed and and, and got rid of so um i think yeah that's good it's a good question it's really important point i'd like to put across is that what we've designed is the comprehensive full by like 2004 index in its entirety what we haven't trimmed back on any of the disease features what we've done is allocate the most frequent most common manifestations of SLE that we're frequently encountering. We've put those on page one mm -hmm. and we've asked some screening questions to say, is there anything else going on? And if there is, then you turn the page over and you've got the whole list of other rarer manifestations that you can equally score by the same mechanisms mm -hmm. on the second page. But you wouldn't need to do that, say for gastrointestinal mm -hmm. or ophthalmic disease, if you were straight away confident, none of those are involved, so I don't need to go into the detail that's on that page two. Page one basically encapsulates all of the constitutional domain for Biolag 2004, all of the renal domain, and all of the other disease features which we found were present in 5% or more of registry patients. So pretty much that's capturing about 70% of uh, oh. registry records just on the one page. But if you're encountering somebody who has a lupus myocarditis, for example, then that's not going to be present on page one. You'll see a cue in the cardiorespiratory domain to say, is there anything else going on? You think, yes, turn the page and you can score it in isolation on the next page. Everything that is in Biolag 2004 index is in Easy Biolag. It's just formatted a little bit differently. Great. So it sounds like it's a bit more of a user-friendly approach so that you can use it in, in your average av everyday clinic whenever you're seeing a patient with lupus. Is, is that right? Yeah, that's absolutely the aim to make it more accessible and, and more user-friendly. Uh, in reality, most of our consultations don't need you to go into details about myocarditis. They're just not, they're just not present. Um, so we think it is pretty quick and pretty efficient to use. What we did was um, a, a short validation exercise where we asked uh, lupus and general rheumatology clinicians to work through some case-based exercises. So provided them with a little workbook, almost like an exam, <laughs> where you read through a case narrative and then you score the, um, the Biolag 2004 index using the Easy Biolag template. 
and people raced through, did the assessments, scored according to what they read on the narrative. And generally we found that, yes, it was really efficient for them and it did trim off a, a considerable amount of time in terms of how long it took to score the cases if you compare easy biolag to that typical standard format that's out there that was out there previously. So we think it's reasonably time efficient, particularly if you're in a, a, a routine clinic where you're seeing stable patients, they may only have one or two features that you need to record. Mm. Great. And I know from the, the original BILAG 2004 that there's often quite a lot of training that's associated with that. And you mentioned the, the glossary and the wide number of uh, different symptoms that are recorded on that. Um, in terms of training for, for the easy BILAG, did you give any specific training or, or were you using it in people who are already familiar with the previous BILAG? Uh, and, and going forwards, if you're thinking of using this in routine clinical care, do you think that the easy BILAG would be um, much easier to train people to do? Than, than the longer form. Yeah, I definitely think that this would be should be the go-to format for routine clinical use of uh, BILAG 2004. I think it is more accessible and easier to train on. Um, there are um, there are features and rules attached to BILAG 2004 scoring, which typically have required you to have a, a formal training. Mm. Um, how we did it in our validation exercise was in dispatching these case narratives and case workbooks, we provided a basic overview of you know, how to get familiar with BILAG 2004. Um, and by and large, that looked like it was enough mm. for most people, even with very little familiarity with the instrument, to actually get started and use it fairly accurately. Um, so I think it is definitely more accessible. And what we've done is we've made Easy BILAG um, as a PDF document um, available to download from Leeds Licensing, which is a University of Leeds platform. Um, you can click, submit your email and, and download the material. Mm -hmm. And what we've also included in that download is access to the workbook that we used in the validation exercise mm -hmm. in the paper and um, the, the training materials that were attached to that. So I think as a starter or as a, as a new trainee, for example, mm -hmm. if you go on there and you have a read through the one page introduction to Easy BILAG and BILAG 2004, and then have a browse through the template, I reckon you could get started and be and be pretty effective at using it. Great. So I think one of the situations where a lot of people encounter BILAG in, in clinical practice um, is in terms of thinking about whether people need new treatment, in particular biologics. And, and you mentioned the the biologics register was one of your ports of call for collecting the uh, preliminary information. Um, with new drugs finally being approved in lupus, do you think we'll be using the easy BILAG in clinical practice in the future when assessing patients, for example, for anaphrolimab, belimumab, different treatments like that? Uh, or do you think that uh, we're going to be stuck using the, the longer version purely because that was what was used in more of the trials? I, I think ultimately in clinical practice we'll be using easy BILAG because it we our validation exercise where we compared it to the long format in terms of how well people could score these case narratives, these case vignettes, um, it outperformed the standard mm -hmm. format in uh, accuracy and in speed and in overall inter-rater agreement and that's what we show in our paper in rheumatology. So that it, it sort of illustrates to you that there are that the long format is prone to error. Mm. Um, it is prone to people struggling with it um, and introducing error. So 
the easy bag like, looks like it, it mitigates a lot of those mm. problems and so it should probably be the go-to if you're deciding on on biologic suitability because um, it's not usually the clinician's assessment of the mm. patient in our case vignettes that we dealt to people um, in our validation exercise it's not their assessment they, mm. they they're very clear it's actually the the errors are being introduced while they're having to consult the various documents so if you can mitigate those errors actually you'll have a you'll have a much more reliable um, assessment and and we also saw that the inter-rater variability was much better using easy biolag. So you probably can infer that all of your colleagues will be using it with the same degree of, of confidence as well. And so across the team, you're making sort of consistent decisions and consistent assessments. So I think in clinical practice, I'd be advocating to use this one. Great. So it sounds like as we're recording this at the end of 2021, we're looking at in the next couple of years, we'll potentially have new treatments and an even easier way of monitoring response and getting patients onto these treatments, uh, which I think, you know, is going to be really exciting to see in, in practice in the UK. Um, just finally, what, what would you say were kind of the main takeaway points that you'd want people to get from this paper? And if you can just perhaps reiterate again where people might be able to find out a bit more about getting access to the easy bilag. Uh, sure. So uh, take home messages for this manuscript, I would say, is that Easy Biolag is a comprehensive version of Biolag 2004 index, but it's reformatted to make it user friendly and more accessible. It's shown itself in a validation exercise to be, be a, a more accurate means of recording Biolag 2004 compared to the standard format. So it's a it's an attractive option. And the third thing to say is you can get hold of this for free from Leeds Licensing, um, which is a University of Leeds platform. If you Google Leeds Licensing Easy Biolab, you'll get there. The link is also in the paper and you can download the training materials, the Easy Biolab and any other uh, cues and information around the project from there free of charge for clinical use. Great. Well, thank you very much for taking the time to talk to me today. Thank you uh, on the behalf of, of many people in the lupus community for making the biolag easier. I'm sure that this will um, have a big impact on clinical practice in the future. So thanks again. Thanks so much, Chris. So it's really great to be able to speak with Dr. Lucy Carter there on her easy bilag. Uh, again, I'd recommend anyone that's interested in the area or regularly measures lupus disease activity in your clinical practice to check out this paper. Once again, it's entitled Easy Bilag, a new tool for simplified recording of SLE disease activity using Bilag 2004 index. It's available online now and will be in print very soon. Also remember to check out the University of Leeds licensing page to see if you can use this in your own clinical practice. Thank you for listening to Talking Rheumatology Research, brought to you by BSR. Please do rate, share and subscribe through your favourite podcast app.